0: bread quarterly pile we're so glad that you've chosen to tune in to listen to us today uh, what we're about to do is discuss some poetry and we basically run a regular editorial meeting a meeting that we sit around discuss the work and have a democratic uh, vote at the end so you will bear witness to that um, we thought it was time that we explain again to my brother David and anybody else who might need to know um, how this process works. So when you submit to Painter Bride Quarterly, you submit via Submittable. And when we're reading submissions, we occasionally think about one and say, huh, that would make good fodder for the show. And then we ask the author's secondary permission. So if you would like to be on the podcast, submit through the regular portal, and maybe you will, right? The submissions come just the same way. Uh, what we love about our show, if we can say that we love something about ourselves, is that um, very rarely, most of the time, only one of us has seen the work, usually two, but never has there been a discussion. So what you're hearing is a fresh editorial meeting. All of that said, the catalyst. For doing this show in the first place was to share with you how closely we look at every single piece that comes to pan quarterly we inherited a democratic editorial process and we're darn proud of it so there is no layers of editors and one person at the end who says yay or nay we all read everything and to get in the magazine, there must be a consensus from the entire group. What that means, the only thing that's bad news here, is what that means is it takes us a while to get back to you. Um, so right now, we're looking at a seven or eight-month turnaround. Now is July of 2023. I'm not exactly sure when this will be released, um, but I'm sure we'll hang right in about that space, right? So once you send to us, um, please know that it'll take a minute but it's because we're reading you with such great care and we're about to illustrate that for you right now. Um, I keep saying, we, 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 and you know what I'm going to do because Jason's, um, been with us the longest next to Marion and I, I'm going to go across the pond. I am in England. Tell us all about it.
1: Yeah, I'm in England. I'm in Nottingham. Um, it is lovely. The campus here is so beautiful. Oh, my God. Like, it is this giant Sylvan campus full of ponds and art galleries and pathways and gardens and clock towers. Um, it, is, it is a really, really beautiful uh, campus. I'm so happy to be at the University of Nottingham. So yes, if you've been following yeah. the saga of my endlessly postponed Fulbright, it is in fact happening. It is in fact underway. And here I am. Um, and I'm coming to you from my office in Trent building, um, just across from the tramp. And I will pass it to uh, Dagny.
0: So happy for
1: you, Jason. So glad you're
2: there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's super. It's great to know, Jason. Yeah, I'm in my usual place up up in Canada, just outside of the capital of Ottawa. Um, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm not. I'm 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 the person in the bunch who's very much at at home this summer. I'm getting one kid ready to go off to college again in the fall, and we're just enjoying local sights and sounds including bumblebees which come up later in this uh, oh, interesting in, in this episode yeah we know several people who keep bees and make honey so i was intrigued to see this poem so i will bounce it to samantha
3: hi everyone i'm samantha and i am coming from washington dc uh in georgetown um which, if you haven't been, is one of the oldest neighborhoods in the U.S. And, you know, is charming and a little scary to walk around in terms of all the bricks. that so you might fall, but otherwise very lush. <laughs> <lovely>. um, <laughs> and I'm um, going to shoot it to our sound engineer, Anthony.
1: Hello, uh, my name is Anthony. I'm currently at home now in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm not going anywhere, so I'll be grounded here. Uh, just went outside. Seems pretty darn nice. So I'll take that. And as per usual, let's get the show on the road. <laughs> all right. All right.
0: Well, um, on today's episode, we're gonna discuss two poems from Barbara Deal. Do you think D-I-E-H-L yeah. is Deal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have two poems from Barbara Deal, and um we're thankful that she's allowing us to discuss them today. Um Maybe, Jason, it has been a while since you've been here. Would you mind reading? No. December, good night. It's sunfall, and the paper sky
1: is grayed with erasures of best-laid plans, all the day mistakes forgiven, the broken pencil points of planes thumb-smudged away, their grumble chatter hushed, the blackening windows shuttered. So sleep... In the night sea, in the sky, listen. So dream a planet dance, breathe a metronome. So keep time to a tick tock moon, to evening's pocket watch, its face a dozing chaperone. So hum fade, so eyes closed, nothing to shudder fret.
0: All safe.
2: All oh, lovely read, Jason. Thanks.
0: Thank you, thank you. So slushies, uh, while the crew is thinking, and you are too, allow me to um, remind you that you can go to pbqmag.org and look at this poem. It's done in couplets, but I think what's even more important is you should know, Jason did an amazing job uh, reading, but the poet Barbara Deal has made up a lot of words, made a lot of compound words paper sky, best laid, sunfall, day mistakes. You gotta see it to believe it. Take a look um, at how it's structured here, so.
1: I, I, I mean, I was, I was sort of impressed that when I got to TikTok, um, I didn't think of TikTok the app, I just sort of like was there with the watch, with the evening's pocket watch. Um, and it's interesting how there are these words like pocket watch, um, or even something like best laid, where it, we, we would write it out as two words, but we expect it as kind of a clutch of language. And so all of these, you know, compound sunfall, paper sky, um, broken pencil, like a thumb smudged, um, they work so well. I, they, were, they were so smooth. I, I felt absolutely no, um, no friction as these words were being combined into units.
2: Well, and yeah, I was thinking of them as sticky words. It's like they've been attracted to each other. And, you know, they make you read and experience the poem differently. So day mistakes, I experienced so differently from if it had been written the day's mistakes. It it, You know, it, it made me think right away, yeah, and what's a day mistake as opposed to, say, a night mistake? Um, you know, it just, it made my brain go to places it would probably have not gone if it had been written more conventionally.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, I agree, Dagny, and I think that um it makes me, like, re-see the words, right, like, because the words themselves aren't that unusual, but they feel, like, less familiar in this form.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And yet, did anybody have this feeling they were so organic, like, to speak with Jason, to what Jason said, they're not, um, there's no artifice, right? There, uh, that grumble chatter. Why is that not a word? <laughs> <laughs> can we can we do that? Can we just start using grumble chatter? It's so true. It's like,
2: can't I, we bring back great Shakespearean words that don't get used anymore? <laughs> I love Slubber Degullian.
0: <laughs> I, I, I love it. I can hear the grumble chatter. It's yeah, a word totally. that we need. What you know, we don't have a word that is grumble chatter. You know, it's, we need it. Uh that's what I was admiring through the whole thing is is think is thinking of these. Even though they are what everybody said, like looking at these old words a new way, words we're used to sing together, bah, 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 I kept thinking they should exist.
2: Mm, yeah, so absolutely. perfect, absolutely. Yeah. And although the 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 piece brings to mind some of like E. e. Cummings' own uh, sure. work play with 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 you know smushing words together, it also feels
0: very you know very unique, its own voice. And I like the. Um, To move away from the words for just a second, the transition to the second paragraph, uh, excuse me, second set of stanzas. Um, The first one, I'm going to describe this place to you. And then the second one, I'm going to tell you what we should do about it. Right. So sleep in the night sea, dream a planet dance. Right. The, The beginning, those lines beginning with so, so. How do we respond to this environment of Illustrated for you? Like this. Yeah. I, I love how, yeah, I that's love the second
2: sweet. Yeah, that's true. That's really lovely. I was really interested in the
1: way that like, I mean, a lot of, you know, people will always talk about the difference between Anglo-Saxon and Latin addiction and that the Anglo-Saxon is monosyllabic, that it tends to be very visceral, that it tends to be, you know, very immediate, that the Latin it tends to be multisyllabic, it tends to be very intellectual. But like something like chaperone felt really different to me because of something like planet dance or paper sky, there's something that often happens with a kind of three syllable word, like grumble chatter that gets built up out of these two Anglo-Saxon words, sky lesson, that then when you get to these other words, like metronome um, or even pocket watch, they have a new um, quality to them. There's like something really fascinating about how this kind of reinvigorates Words that are familiar by what it's doing with the words that are being compounded.
0: Well, zippity doo Does anybody have anything to complain about? I don't. Um, I mean, I okay. uh, forgiven, hushed, and shuddered. I was like, maybe this shouldn't be on their own
1: lines. Like, maybe, maybe they need a little more um, length like in, in those lines. But I, I, I think it works wonderfully, and it's it, it's setting up all safe at the end. Which mm-hmm, is so mm-hmm. gorgeous, and and I mean, we're not talking at all about you know like this is about, um, putting away the day in order to rest at night, you know, kind of like, mm-hmm. retreating mm-hmm. into something restful, which is so
0: hard. Um, yeah, I think it's sort of captured really beautifully here. Mm-hmm. Shutter Fred is the other one I feel the most strongly about as a word that we should already use. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Help me please bring yeah. these words into circulation.
2: And, and so applicable today. This poem feels very needed right now.
3: Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's because, I mean, I think it feels for me like a little bit um, like timeless. Not not that it's nostalgic, but it, it, it feels like, w- you know, it's speaking of something that is not, you know, happening for, you know, like how many people go to bed now, maybe like near kind of the blue light of the phone or the computer. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, I feel that kind of absence of kind of the, the angry kind of grumble of the world in it. Um, And it's nice. It's a nice kind of absence.
0: Mm. Good point. Well, she's, I I kind of feel, I can confidently say, if you go have a peek at this on the page, you'll be as smitten as we are. Um, And, you know, I hate to do it. We do have another poem by her, but we did blitz through that. And I think we are ready to vote. And I think there's no dramatic tension. And we apologize for that. (laughs) I know, I'm like, what can
1: I do to create dramatic tension? What can I, how how can we... um... (laughs) you know, make this worth the price of admission. Uh, (laughs) Okay,
0: shall we vote? We should vote. One, two, three, vote. (laughs) <laughs> and it's unanimous Jason tried to keep his thumb parallel for a little longer I, try, I tried I tried to like really
1: delay it I tried to, to
0: really hover delay there. it and, uh... we knew we, we um, yeah we all knew up. which way it was gonna go didn't
1: we I am never mysterious
0: <laughs> so yeah so we're moving on to bees being bees Dagny did you say you'd like to read this for us because i'd be be happy very happy to read this yeah thank you
2: bees being bees oh let us celebrate the bees the fat bumblers the drunk stumbling window smacking honey heralds be winged and be dazzling gold sashed the blustering pomposity of the lot of them their bellies full of spring bees brimming with busy bee-ness. Oh, lift a glass of catmint, a dinner plate of dahlias, a salad bowl of aster, yarrow. Lift them to the sun and call them sacraments. Watch the bees waltz with joe-pie-weed and black-eyed Susan. See them swoon to the music of the wind and the hyssop. These are no wallflowers, not these bees. Bees that bore holes in your Adirondack chairs. Bees that stare at your cold, sweet tea. Bees that lick your lemon sherbet bowl. Bees that sniff the scent you spritzed on neck and wrist. They take their sweetness where they can, do you? Beware the bees the electricity in their vicinity the buzzing in the slices of your sweet fuzzed peach the venom hidden beneath the wink of wings oh but some of us would like to be a bee and have a stinger too oh free the honeybees from their wood-framed hives from the poking prodding pushing fingers of their keepers free them from those children with their faces pressed against the glass in summer camp Let them be hive in the wild, why don't we? And let us bumble too, be furred and fat and be queen bees of our beeswax castles. Let's buzz and sip, and when we're drunk as dahlias in midsummer's breeze, we'll loll in honeycomb, pleased as punch that we're not drones, why don't we? That was so much fun to read. Thanks to the <laughs> <autograph>. oh, <laughs> I can't hear, I can't oh, hear in your voice.
0: Yeah, we well, could hear the joy. Um so slushy. So you know on this one, there it's uh, couplets again, but super long lines. Very, very long lines. It fills your screen left to right. So. Now you'll hear the sound of thinking.
2: (laughs) I do love the fullness of language in this piece. As I say, it was extremely enjoyable to read. And they're just these wonderful uh, combinations of words where you get sort of a sense of repetition and a roundness of vowels and places. And just, yeah, just really kind of delightful to uh, let spill off the tongue. It was a kind of journey
1: from the bees being bees to the bees being people. Mm. It was kind of a journey. Or not not bees being people, but people being bees. People being bees. Like yeah. As as we as we get deeper into the poem, the more we become the bees, the more the speaker is sort of inviting us to join in the ness,
2: Which is more than just appreciating them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
3: yeah, I like how all my different senses are activated in this poem. Um, I like so many of the line beginnings and the line breaks. Um, I really love that third stanza with the cold sweet tea and the lemon sherbet bowl. Um, and it's nice, you know, to, um, there's a nursery rhyme or something quality to this. And I, I think it was a little bit to do with kind of the melodious voice that you have <laughs> when you read, um, oh. <laughs> but it, it really did feel like, um, you know, like just something I would pick up from a storybook or something, um, in like a really nice way.
2: Well, I, I agree with that, Samantha. I mean, every time I went back to, to read this piece again, because I, I, you know, I knew we were doing this and, and, and wanted to know it and, and prepare a bit for me. I, I, I just found myself thinking of children's poetry, but it also made me think, like i i know the place of children's poetry but what's the demarcation line between when a when a poem should be for children if as it were as as opposed to a poem that maybe has aspects to it that make you you, you you know what i'm saying like is there any reason why adults can't enjoy this poem too right and obviously i mean we sound like adults who are enjoying this poem but it, you know is there a demarcation between poetry and children's poetry you know or is is it all just poetry i suppose i'm the the newbie in the group so i tend to ask questions like this but i'm I'm interested in what you guys think
1: um well i i, I it's really dark i mean i think that like as it gets towards the end um like particularly the like pleased as punch that we're not drones and um yes some of us would like to have a stinger too and and sniffing the scent spritzed on the ne- neck and it was like hey, i i i definitely felt like a much darker undercurrent
2: it's definitely but, not quite as sweet as it first yeah. appears i would agree but i, I yeah. think
3: that's true of a lot of children's stories though
2: too mm-hmm. right like <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most fairy tales started in extremely dark territory. Yeah.
1: Frank Fallon yeah. actually wrote The Wizard of Oz because he wanted to write less scary stories.
2: That was to be less scary. Films. Oh, okay. I know.
1: I mean, like now we're like the Wizard of Oz is terrifying. But at yeah. time, it was like these grim <laughs> fairy tales are just too out gruesome. Out like, and you know, we're gonna do something a little break. like nicer.
0: Wow, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I did see the darkness as well, but I thought that just went, that just had to do with when we came to be humans, you know, um, and it just felt like the progression of the poem. Um, so. That that we would bring our own
2: dark side into it, Kathy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, I'll, I'll I'll start with something negative. I don't like the rhetorical why don't we's, I don't Mm. like either one of them. I feel like the, the uh, Barbara deal is already pushing things right to get us to I don't I don't know there's um, a line when charm becomes saccharine right or or I guess that's what I'm saying and the why don't we really starts edging over that line for me um, so does anybody else feel that way I mean, I know it. And, and then do you. you, I'm sorry. I would take them all away. The do yeah. you, right, right.
3: Yeah. I mean, it yeah. reminds me a little bit of like Mary Oliver um, in that way, like kind of this um, it's, it's yeah it has a dark undercurrents but there's such a, a strong sense of optimism too um, that that kind of optimism can also be a little pushing sometimes. I, I felt like
1: the poem was kind of withholding something. I actually had this sense that there was something else at stake that I wanted to get, that a lot of those questions and a lot of the pulling in and a lot of the gestures, the the smelling, the, particularly the things that are bodily, particularly the things that have to do with eating and smelling and um, being in proximity to other humans. I was sort of like, what, is there something else you want to say? <laughs> like I, mm. I sort of felt like the the poem was sort of keeping me at a, a slight distance, mm-hmm. and the, the conceit of wanting to join the bees in their Venus um, was actually a way of like not saying something um, that I was I was really interested in. It seemed really sensual and dark and maybe a little violent.
2: Yeah, well, I bit. I felt like that stanza that starts with "Beware the bees" and has the venom hidden beneath the wink of wings and so on was the chance to lean into whatever that is whatever you think's being withheld Jason or you know yeah. going going darker with this piece but 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 then it's not realized it kind of circles back around to just this no- notion of freeing them and you know let let them be hive in the wild which is which is fun word play as supposed to behave um, uh, in the wild, which is what I hear. But, um, yeah, I guess I, I I love this piece. I love the word play. I love its exuberance. I love I, I love the contrast. But I feel like then it didn't go where I guess I was hoping it would go
3: well, I for me, I think um, I have that sense of withholding, too. And I was sort of interrogating myself about it. Um, I'm teaching an eco poetry class right now at Hopkins. And I think that, mm. you know, I'm very immersed right now in, in the question of what, like, what is kind of this category and things like that. And for me personally, I think it's very hard to think about bees, um, without thinking about the environment. Um, and what do we mean by wild? Um, and so I think, similar to the last one, but in a very different way, you know, I do feel like there's some kind of nostalgic energy here. Um, and again, I don't know if that is because of my own headspace. Um, but it's very difficult for me to even see bees like out walking around DC and not think of them as kind of precious and just, just a very happy kind of feeling to even see that they're existing.
2: Oh um, yeah. It's, it's hard to see them and not think, and where are the rest of them because right. they've noticeably declined. Exactly. It's, yeah.
3: And so I try not to, to read into this poem, you know, what the poem, you know, what I'm thinking of and not what the poem is saying. Um, but for a poem that um, has a message of how like we should behave right now, it's set then in kind of a present for me that is that is asking questions that this poem doesn't seem to be engaging with.
2: I think that sounds like that's exactly it. I appreciate I, putting it that way, yeah. I also couldn't quite, I mean, you were
1: asking sort of about children's poetry earlier. And I mean, I, I guess one of the things that I associate with children's poetry is metrical um, writing and uh, rhyme. And I couldn't quite find the line here. Like the lines sort of, right. kind of keeps breaking on, like, like in the first stanza, we break twice on the, yes. and then Venus kind of gets its own line. And like, I, I couldn't quite find, like in the first poem, I had, I had such a strong sense of how it was structured. Mm. And in this poem, I had a much harder time kind of finding the structure, the regularity of the stanzas. And you should definitely go look at it, Slash is, um, it is, it is blocked out in a very clear way, but then the, the lines themselves often felt a little arbitrary to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that's really true, and it often ends on words like, as in the, that uh, they're not, they're not words that really propel you, or set up any uh, tension.
3: I do think the poem at the same time is so, like, bountiful, in a way, like, just, looking at it and experiencing it being read, like, it's just so lush, like the, the Mm. song or something like it really, you know, really, um, has this attractive quality to it, kind of even in, despite the small criticisms that, that I said.
1: Right. When you brought up Mary Oliver, like sort of, she would famously, crawl through the woods so that she would like if she's writing about a fox she wants to know what the fox sees yeah um so she would actually like <laughs> crawl get through down the woods on. to get that perspective and yeah. i did i did have um a very strong sense of intimacy with the bees here that even as the bees are kind of slipping in and out mm-hmm. of human um I, d- I did have a really strong sense of intimacy with the bees Sh- should we vote or do do people want to be persuaded on like one thing or another is there something where you're like, oh, I don't know. I need, I need to talk
2: more about this part. No, I'm just thinking <laughs> Leonard Cohen, you want it darker. And I think, I think it's sounding like we all do. <laughs> but not
1: for the sake of darkness, but because because it's pointing towards somewhere that we want to keep journeying toward.
0: Um, yeah. So we were giving notes. We would say that. and I mean, would anybody agree with me, too, that it might be, I, I love that Samantha just said the word bountiful, but is it? just too many puns and connections and metaphors. And, you know, is it just too much too? Maybe it's too much because it didn't go where we wanted it to go.
2: For me, Kathy, that's exactly it. It's yeah. it's, it's just, I. I suppose the first piece, I mean, they're hard to compare, right? Because stylistically they're extremely different. But the first piece had that lovely, balance between a sense of safety and, and what's at risk, I suppose, is how I would put it. And I feel like this piece just would be more satisfying if what's being celebrated was being contrasted against what's at risk. Um, so yes, that's it for me, yeah.
0: Okay, then it sounds like we are pretty because much ready I, to
3: go. I'll say one, because I think like a lot of people do live like bees actually
0: maybe yeah. And
3: yeah. there's <laughs> a lot of people I know and there's just like <laughs> there is the dark underside to that too right but so,
1: what yes. do you mean by living like a bee
3: um but you know the whole last stanza right by kind of stumbling around drunk
2: um ignoring you know, what's going on yeah, yeah. yeah
3: kind of and I, I think um you know you you can go to you know any brewery or winery or whatnot on a weekend and experience that um, but it's interesting to watch those bees and like think about oh what are they what are they hiding from what is their worry you know?
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least
3: that's what I do <laughs>
2: and how do they experience it get because you mm-hmm. can't see it yeah
3: right yeah and they're kind of glistening everyone looks good you know
2: <laughs> oh I think that's very on point Sam yeah
0: it's great so we're gonna vote yeah, let's do it.
2: Let's do it. Okay.
0: One, two, three, vote. Well, thank you, Barbara, but that one's not going to go in. Um, uh, so we're so grateful that you allowed us to have this conversation, and we hope that you find it um, useful. For you, um and enlightening in some way, hopefully. Uh, so we're going with the December. Good night. Such a great poem. Yeah, oh yeah, That's such a great, a great, great poem. poem. Honored, honored <laughs> to publish it. So slushies, do take a look at both of them, and let us know what you think, and how we're doing, and all those good things. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to say? All right, thank you and keep on reading. Woohoo! Thank you.